Welcome to Making Teaching Work. I'm Sarah. And I'm Annalie. And together we are two imperfect teachers learning to make teaching work for our students and for ourselves. So Annalie. Yes. I thought that since this is our inaugural episode of our podcast empire, Making Teaching Work, <laughs> We would start off telling people who these disembodied voices are that they have somehow stumbled across on the internet. I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah. So I will tell them a little about you. And I'll tell them a little bit about you. Perfect. Yeah. So, Emily, my dear friend, has been teaching for four years. Whoop whoop. So, she is. I think we've talked about five years as kind of the golden time when things start to feel a little more under control, I guess. And most teachers say that, which has been interesting, when you this first start teaching. Sweeper. Yeah, mm -hmm. when they're like, you have to survive five years, and then you can enjoy And then you'll make it. Yeah. yeah. So we're so getting there. You're getting there. Mm -hmm. And you teach 10th and 11th grade language arts. Yes. And one of them, one section of 11th grade is co-taught. Yep, and if you don't know what co-taught means, that means I have a um, another teacher, obviously. Special education teacher. Yes, sometimes it's special education. Sometimes if you're doing like a cross-curricular classroom, you'll do co-taught. Right. Um, but this one's a special education teacher. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been good so far. Good. And so you've also taught in three different classrooms. <laughs> and... I feel like it's a sign of accomplishment in your career that you have now been given a classroom with windows. Yes, I've moved up. I'm no longer, and I'm actually with our department. Yeah, you're this not in year. the closet on the other side of the right. school. Right, nothing like that. I'm finally with everybody, and yeah. I can see the sun. And you're across the hall from me, which is very lovely. Yeah, that is a bonus. You know what the weather is like. I know. Have windows. <laughs> yeah, you have to have you come in and say, it's snowing. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can look. <laughs> right. So it's it's good things. Good things. And good things. you were a voracious reader. Yes. You read Pride and Prejudice over 20 times. Mm-hmm. And but it's not my fave Jane Austen book. But I really, yeah. it's the one that you turn to for, the most, yeah, for comfort. It's my biggest comfort book. Yes, yeah. although not my favorite Jane Austen. It's just something about it. So it's comforting. just comforting. Yeah. 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 And that's one of my memories of you when we were on study abroad in England together. Oh. I felt like there were several English majors who said that Pride and Prejudice was their favorite book. Oh, it was kind of a thing. And yeah. it was like a competition. It was who, horrible. Who could outfam each other for Pride and Prejudice? I think I tried not to fall too much into that, but well, internally. No, I did! <laughs> I didn't know outwardly! I thought I was keeping it cool. Oh no. I was just going to say that day that you dressed up as Jane Austen. And oh, didn't we all, though? No, it was you and Natalie. And Kara. Oh. There, there were multiple. Maybe you chose not to dress like Jane Austen that day. Um, yeah, I probably was like, I'm not going to dress like Jane Austen. I can see you doing that. But looking back, I think that was really fun. It, it, was, it was delightful. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's Annalie. Yes. 
Um, Sarah. Tell me about me. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah has been teaching for five years. She's made it to Yay. the lucky five. Yes. Yeah, she survived. Survived uh, the five. <laughs> Um, she has two master's degrees, so extra fancy. And for the past two years, she's been teaching ESL. This mm -hmm. year, she's teaching um, two ESL classes. She's also teaching two concurrent 10, 10, English 1010 classes. Yes. And she has two 11th grade classes. Yes. So many preps. Yes. <laughs> but she's doing awesome with that. I'm really enjoying it. I'm surviving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Mm -hmm. um, Sarah also has one pandemic puppy. Yes, I do. Uh, I am, we are reaching a good point. We've survived the year. It probably wasn't the wisest thing. <laughs> Looking back, the pandemic puppy was a, a mixed idea. I mean, I'm glad I have her now. Yes. But I adopted her the weekend I found out we were going to be online for the rest of the year. I was, this means I should have a puppy. Like, I didn't realize that potty training a puppy and teaching online all of a sudden at the same time was going to be very overwhelming. So, yeah. And, and would you have changed anything looking back? Um. Well, it's hard to say that because... I really am happy that I have Echo, and I wouldn't have Echo if I'd waited. Right. But if I'd been going just by the wise thing, it probably would have been more wise to wait until the summer to adopt. Mm-hmm. Like, the real summer. Right, not just... Because teaching online was not a summer. No, no, <laughs> um, it was not. But, you know, I made it through. And maybe, maybe I needed a puppy to get through online teaching, because that was surprisingly stressful. Yeah. And it was good to have some comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was less comforting than I thought True. she would be. True. Because she was a little bit of a biter in her puppy. Oh, gosh. Puppy stage. So uh. there wasn't so much cuddling as... Yeah. Yeah. Like, at one point, I looked into buying, like, animal trainer gloves. Oh, no. That would go up to your elbow. So that I could play with my puppy without pain. Oh, man. <laughs> it was, she was difficult, but we made it through. Yeah, you have. And now she's such a good puppy. She's, she's a good a dog. Puppy. Yeah. She's an excellent dog. Yeah. Her name is Echo. Mm -hmm. Did we say that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, we have one more note that we need to say. We would not be here in the same room podcasting together, except... We have both already had the coronavirus. Yes. Sarah had it first this yes. year. And then I got it months later. Um, well, like a month later. Like a month months, later. Yeah. Because I think you had it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But because of... And we think we both got it from school. school. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, but we're... I'm definitely feeling better. And I'm not sick anymore. Not contagious. Yeah. It's been a few weeks. It's been... Yeah. And so we... We're in each other's bubble now, because we've both had it, but anyway, that's that why we're together. That's our disclaimer. Yep. Well, let's talk about your word. So, what is one word that you would use to describe your teaching life this week? 
So I think that we can do, we're recording this on a Monday. Yes. I think we can do it for the past seven days. So this last week. Oh, the past seven days. Yes. Oh. Does that change your calculus? That maybe does a little bit. Um, I think my word, no, maybe my word's still the same. My word is grading. Grading? Mm-hmm. Grading as in grating on your soul or grading as Grading in... as in grading assignments. Okay. Yes. Have you been, so you've been grading a lot. Yes. Especially this last week leading up to Christmas break. I spent a lot of time grading because it is good to get everything, try to, try to get everything up to date. Or at least that's a arbitrary goal I set for myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you do not have to do this, but I try to, this year, to try to get everything up to date before the break. So my yeah. students can feel a little bit at ease, but yeah, it's still, it's still an ongoing goal. Yeah. And some I of your say. students are probably relieved and some are like, why did you have to put that in? Right. And I'm sure there's some emails um, lurking for me in my inbox, but I haven't checked my email since school got out on Friday and I am not planning on checking my email till I'm done updating grades. That way I can just grade without hearing any complaints. <laughs> so. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. What's your one word? Um, my one word about teaching, um, I guess I would say, oh, I, I prepared this question, so I should have a word. Um, I guess my word would be, um, I think teaching this week, my word would have to be, the word that keeps coming to mind is actually comparison. Mm. Because yesterday, my family, my mom's side of the family, did a family Zoom party Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And so all of my family members were talking about what they're doing in their life. So all of my cousins were sharing their, like, successes that they're having in school and career. And... It was really hard for me because I could kind of feel that comparison creeping in. Yeah. Where I shared that I was teaching and that I'm hoping to teach more ESL and concurrent enrollment and keep going with that. But I just felt like I felt like it wasn't, it didn't sound cool enough or Mm. ambitious enough. Mm -hmm. And not like my cousins who are doctors and lawyers. And I think that is my word for the week is comparison because that's my struggle of the week. That you've kind of had a harder time with. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love teaching, but since I'm also really competitive, (laughs) sometimes it's hard because I feel like people don't always see teaching for being this amazing career, this ambitious thing. And I think that's one issue with people's opinion and perspective on teaching on the outside, looking at, cause they'll say, Oh, teachers, they're such heroes or yeah. teachers. They're like such the sweetest hearts. And uh-huh. you know, and I mean, yeah, to an extent that's maybe true that teachers are more compassionate people, yeah. but it does 
this weird image they have of teachers of self-sacrificing people takes away from the fact that we're very ambitious, we're very intelligent, we're very driven, we're creative. Mm. Um, yeah. And the outside perspective doesn't always see that. Right, we're caring and we're nurturing, but that's not all that we are. Right. And I also think that, I have to say, it might have been me projecting a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I don't know that anybody thought anybody was thinking that. Right. But it's my, I guess, it's my own insecurity about is teaching ambitious enough and meaningful enough. And I think it is mm -hmm. when I talk about it. But there's still kind of that, I guess, idea. I think it comes down to money. Like, this idea that if you don't make as much money as your other cousins or other family members, you're less successful. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm wrestling with, I think, mm -hmm. is realizing that money doesn't determine your worth. Yeah. Or the value of your career. Right, that it's other things. Mm -hmm. Even though, for the record, teachers should be paid more. Yes. <laughs> yes, if anybody, if anybody is listening who can control that. You're right, that, that would be great. <laughs> but, but I think that's a good point, that we shouldn't just judge the ambitious level of a career or the prestige of a career based on the money, the salary. Yeah. yeah. And that... I think that's something that teachers just have to decide for themselves because right. we can't control how other people are going to perceive us. Yeah. This is, this comes down to my quote of the year that what other people think is none of your business. Mm -hmm. And I am really trying to remember that. So yeah. anyway, that was long for my one word, but that's the word I've been struggling with. Yeah. So. Well, I yes. think that was good though. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your validation of my word. You're welcome. All right. So, Emily, I have some news for you. Oh, tell me. Well, you already know this news, but yeah. we're going to talk about some teaching headlines right now. And the biggest headline in Utah for teachers, where we are, is that teachers are going to be getting $1,500 as a bonus for our noble efforts in the pandemic. Which is nice. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not bad. Except, like there usually is, there right. is a catch. Mm -hmm. And that catch is that one district in our state is being possibly excluded from this bonus that's coming from the legislature. Mm -hmm. And that is Salt Lake City School District. So that's not our school district. We're in Jordan School District. But the reason that they're excluding Salt Lake City School District is that Salt Lake City School District is the only district where teachers powerfully advocated for their safety and they are teaching online. And just online. Mm -hmm. Other schools have, in Utah, have some of them have the option to go online, but Salt Lake School District is the only one that it's, is just doing just online. online. Mm -hmm. And... You know, in, in our district, Jordan School District, our union really tried to push for either online or a hybrid so that we can have schedule social distancing, and we didn't get that. Yeah. Um, and let's see how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of... I mean, we both got COVID. We both got a COVID. A lot of people have gotten COVID. Yeah. And so 
but Salt Lake City School District, the teachers advocated to the school board and their school board decided to go online for the pandemic. Right. But there have been a lot of unhappy parents and unhappy state legislators. Right. And so after shortly after we found out we were getting this bonus, we found out about this asterisk where they were leaving Salt Lake City teachers out. Mm-hmm. Because they were somehow saying that they hadn't done a good enough job. Or they didn't or deserve it. They didn't deserve it because they've been teaching online. Which is so cush- cushy, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> come on. Suddenly turning all of your curriculum into online teaching is so easy. And managing all that technology. Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. yeah. Making sure that all your students don't disappear on you. Yeah. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. So, yes. So there have been... And one of the reasons that they gave was there were higher failing rates this year than in other years. I kind of suspect, I don't have the data, but I suspect that most districts have higher failing rates. I, I would agree with that. I mean, speaking from our high school, mm-hmm. it seems like that we are seeing that's a similar trend. Yeah. A- across the board with all classes Just at our from high school. Emails from our admin. Yes. Where they're saying our failing rate is so high, we have to do something about it. So right. I... I suspect that just because they're online does not mean that that's the only reason students are struggling more in the year 2020. True. But I mean, I would also say that online does present a a tough challenge because some students do find it easier to disappear um, and to to stop coming, Mm -hmm. um, which is which is definitely a legitimate challenge. Yeah. But but teachers having to struggle with that challenge, I don't think that should make them be excluded no. from bonuses. No, no. So anyway, we found out that later news came out that this whole scheme mm-hmm. was cooked up in closed door room, closed door meetings with state legislators who were trying to figure out some way they could kind of force use a carrot or a stick or a mm-hmm. carrot that is also a stick <laughs> to get teachers to agree and be okay with coming back in person in Salt Lake City School District. Mm-hmm. And so it's looking like it worked. They've they've come to a deal where it, it looks like if this all passes, the legislature and the school board, it's looking like they're going to have elementary school back by the end of January and probably secondary back at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And they're also, some sources have said they're giving the Salt Lake City teachers the vaccine first as kind of a consolation. Right, that they can be a little more safer as they go back yeah. to secondary. So that's interesting. Um, but I do think it is important to note that Salt Lake District was already planning on bringing their elementary yeah. school students back. Yeah. Um, so the really the only thing that's really changed is secondary is secondary education. Yes. So I brought up this article because I just wanted to know, Annalie. Yes. How does this news <laughs> make you feel? Well, I think it makes me feel a bit frustrated. Because as we have talked about this topic a lot, about money and teacher teachers in, in this career, yeah. um, it seems like constantly 
when teachers are given something, whether it's a grant, whether it's a bonus, which is super rare, and again, we're really grateful for this unique mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, but it's often with these asterisks or with these little like a little catch, a little catch, a little pat on the back for the people Ulterior who created it. Ulterior motive. Yeah, that that makes it feel less sincere. That makes mm-hmm. it feel like there's some like Sarah, like Sarah said, alternative motive. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's very frustrating. Yeah, because I was just think how wonderful would it have been if we just found out everyone, everyone's getting a bonus. <laughs> yeah, like everybody thinks. Sorry, that's Echo. <laughs> Stop barking, Echo. So it just would have been nice to we're gonna. It just would have been nice to get. We're gonna wait for the pandemic puppy to stop barking. Yeah. Anyway, it would have been nice if if we could get that appreciation validation without finding out that it was like a scheme to get Salt Lake City. Because I don't know, maybe they wouldn't have even given it to us if they hadn't been trying to find a way right, to knows? get Salt Lake City back. And and so that makes it feel a little more icky. It does. And especially when, I don't know, I know some states are all different, but it's been a general consensus amongst the majority of states that it's okay to be online. Like I know North Carolina, for example, yeah. um, my brother, his children are in the school system in Gulford County School District, and they've been, everyone's been online um, during this, and I think they are still trying to figure out if they are, secondary students will be going online afterwards, but it hasn't been so much so that the government is the one who is pushing this. Yeah. And I think that's the part that, that is annoying. Well, and I think, yes, it just seems like, it just Especially since our governor has been so hands-off with a lot of COVID restrictions and not wanting to restrict anybody or tell anybody what to do. He's been very, you guys get to make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that, but with teaching, they got to find a way to, to influence it. And so that's frustrating. It's frustrating. It seems like. If you're going to be hands-off, you got to be hands-off. I don't know. Right. It's, but I don't completely agree with that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a complicated situation. It is. But I just wish we could get a bonus without feeling a little bit manipulated. Yeah. Or, or that our brothers and sisters in Salt Lake City School District are being manipulated. Right. But, yes, at least, you know, hopefully there's a vaccine coming and... And there's light at the end of the tunnel and all this. Hopefully. But, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what the future holds. We'll find out. Okay, so since it is the new year, um, we got to talk. Finally. (laughs) Finally the new year. Finally the new year. What will 2021 bring? Well, 2020 is not done yet. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Knock on wood somewhere. What what will the next two weeks be? What will it be? Um, But we are going to do the cheesy thing and talk about New Year's resolutions. Yay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun. Um, I love goals. Yes, that's 
<laughs> That's one thing, Sarah. Um, you can tell I came up with the idea for resolutions. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and not me. So, <laughs> but I, I have, I do promise, I have actually set Lucy Goosey goals. <laughs> so <laughs> she's not committed, but she's not saying, committing. If she was to commit I, to a goal, exactly, this is what it would be. Or this is what I am willing to say I'm going to try. So, <laughs> so we're going to go um, to Sarah first. So Sarah, what are your resolutions for this new year? So I have one resolution about grading. Okay. So I always am trying to get myself to grade things faster because grading is so easy to procrastinate. It's just so emotionally fraught. Yes. Because it's kind of, you're grading your students, but you're also grading yourself. And you're, it's easy to become really critical of yourself. Thinking like, what about assignment? Mm -hmm. My students aren't learning. I'm failing them. Like, it's easy for those negative thoughts to slip in, at least for me. Me too. And then I put it off and then it gets worse. So, I have something that I tried. And I'm going to try to make it a thing. It's my resolution. Oh. <laughs> and that is to make grading an evening ritual. Oh, so at home. Yes, in the comfort oh. of my home. Okay. This is a fraught thing because bringing work home can sometimes turn into me procrastinating and doing nothing of value. Uh -huh. uh, but... I really enjoyed something I did a few days ago, which was to, um, I lit a candle in my room, oh. in my room is where my desk is, and sat down at my desk and had some soft instrumental music playing, my dog sleeping in the bed, and I just told myself that I didn't have to stay there for very long. I only had to grade for five minutes. But then that five minutes turned into an hour of good work. And one thing that I realized about that is I just realized my day is going to be so much better. Or my whole week is going to be better because I did this for an hour. Yeah. And I really like being at home. Because if, especially in the winter, if you stay late at the school, pretty soon you're going home in oh, the dark. Yeah. And the roads can get kind of sketchy. Yeah. Or just, you just feel sad because yeah. you're alone. And if you come to school in the dark and you leave in the dark, it's a bad You never combo. see the sun. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I think I might try to do that more. I've gone back and forth a lot with whether or not I should bring work home. Yes, we've talked about this a lot. Yes. I've, I've had this resolution a few times to not bring work home. Uh -huh. Then part of me is like, maybe I need to embrace it. You know? Make a nice, like, coffee or tea or cocoa or something. And mm -hmm. sit down at my desk, light a candle, play music, and just make it kind of a, a ritual. Where I know that I'm taking care of myself by getting this work done, but getting it done in a comfortable, safe environment. I don't know. So that's one of my resolutions. Well, I like that. You'll have to keep me posted on that one. 
Who yeah. knows? Maybe next week I'll be like, no, I'm not bringing her home. <laughs> Terrible idea. Yeah. Look, we will recap these in a month and see how they're yeah, going. See how it is. Okay, Annalie, what is your first resolution? Um, my first resolution is a grading resolution as well. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> this is an issue we have. Yeah. 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 Um, and mine is um, I'm going back to projects and essays because we're we're both English teachers to preface high school English high, teachers. high school English yes probably should have said that somewhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am and probably many many high school English teachers probably feel this way where grading essays is always the like the biggest ordeal um, and one thing I did that I really loved at the beginning of this year um, is with my essays and big projects I just try to grade 10 every day and that actually really helped me be able to grade a, like a group of 90 essays um, in less than a month. I think I actually had it graded in like two weeks because sometimes I was like, when I got near the end, I was so excited. I just like kept going. Off. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be my, my personal challenge to try to go back to that because this last term I got distracted with planning and... Um, and a lot of emails that came in. So I want to try and make that a priority. It keeps you from procrastinating. Yeah, it keeps me from procrastinating. And something I did find with that is I did end up going and grading a little bit on Saturday. Um, mm -hmm. I would grade like 10 on Saturday. Or if I didn't quite mm -hmm. finish on Friday, I would grade 5 or 7 on, on Saturday and roll yeah. that. So I think I'm going to put that back onto my, onto my goal. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the grading on the weekend because part of yes. me is like, no, your weekend should be your own. Mm -hmm. But then the other part of me is thinking, but the the weekdays are better if I have more work done. Like if I'm not, then you don't have the Sunday scaries if you know you've done some yeah. work. And, the Sunday yeah. scaries are the worst. Yes. So I just yeah. have mixed feelings about it. But yeah, I think that sounds like a great Great plan. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, like, this shouldn't mean that I'm constantly grading on Saturdays or grading 10 things every day. Hopefully, it's, it'll just help me get through the big projects yes. and manage the big projects and the big essays that I'm doing in this next and semester. And have some peace knowing that you're going to get done. Yeah. Instead of seeing the threat of 90 essays loom up in canvas it can be overwhelming when you say 90 essays yeah and if you and if you start and i always will start doing math even though i hate math i'll start thinking <laughs> okay if it takes me five minutes to grade this one or three minutes to grade this one how much time am i going to spend doing this and that is a terrible terrible rabbit hole to fall into yeah but if you spread it out you can spread out those three hours or whatever right over a few days. And it's not all done in one day, which is painful. Because I've tried to grade the essays all in one day, and what happens is I get a lot of the essays graded, but then I get behind in everything else. Right. And so then it's just this awful cycle. Yeah, where you're so constantly like trying to put it back. Yeah. So I'll let you know how it goes if I actually do it. <laughs> well, my next resolution is about the weekends thing. Oh. I am actually saying that I, this year I do want to make Sunday... Mm -hmm. work free cool because Sunday is the day when we do family things either sometimes in the pandemic over zoom sometimes in person mm -hmm. we yeah I just think that it would be good 
to have Sunday to have things to, at a place, even if it means working on Saturday. Yeah. So that I can have Sunday off. That'd be good. Because I don't particularly mind working on Saturday. Saturday, because of just when I was growing up, Saturday was more of a work day in my family, and Sunday was more of a rest day. Yeah. So I think I miss that. Yeah. So I don't mind doing some work on Saturday if I can have Sunday. Free. Just have the total. And maybe that'll help with the scaries. It does. I think it would definitely help with the scaries. Yeah. Because... Yeah. So that's my next resolution. What's yours? I think that's good. Um, my next resolution is to have my students write more. Mm. I, in looking back at my many years teaching, which isn't actually that many, just four. <laughs> Your um, long career. My long career. Um, I think my, and I get most excited when my students are writing, and I think I see them having to grow the most and push mm -hmm. themselves the most when they're writing. I think books, naturally, I think books can do that too. Um, but I think it's it's really exciting to see that happen with writing. So I am going to really try and make sure I am having um, at least two more big writing and much longer writing assignments this second half of the year. Ooh, so that will go with your spreading the grading out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So not back to back, but... Um, I think that will be that will be a good challenge. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. My other my next resolution is I want to have some parent teacher student meetings with my ESL students. Last year I worked really hard to do home visits. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is something COVID definitely take away. Right. But I've realized that I really miss that. Yeah, because to connect. Yeah, because it just, I think it meant a lot to me and to those parents to talk together about what their students need and what their worries are and things like that. Yeah. And so I, I think I want to try to do it over Zoom this next semester yeah so yeah especially since a lot of my students now have a chromebook checked out from the school mm -hmm. so that can have definitely yes help. so they could use it to zoom if they don't have a home computer right so i think that that is my goal it makes me a little nervous because it means i have to go back to speaking spanish right with a lot of people and my spanish is not perfect mm-hmm but I think that's a great challenge, though, because I remember last year you had talked about how much you learned from that yeah. and how it helped you like focus on advocating for those specific things that they needed. Yes, mm -hmm. I think it definitely it also helped me remember that. I mean, I already know that being a teacher is important. But mm -hmm. when you talk to families and you hear like the goals and the dreams that they have for their student, it kind of helps you remember why you do what you do. Yeah. So in a selfish way. Mm -hmm. And I think it also helps those families feel a little more connected to the school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Which is always really good. Yeah. So hopefully, I, I don't know if, you know... 
we'll be able to do it for everybody because sometimes work schedules get in the way, but hopefully for most of my students, we can do that. So. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What is your, do you have one more resolution for us? I do have one more resolution. Um, so my last resolution is I really want to try, and this is big for me because as we've talked about, I hate trying new things, but <laughs> I, I really want to try and do a lit circle. Um, oh. And I have a co-teacher. So wait, will you explain what you mean by lit circle? Yes. So in case you haven't heard of this before, a lit circle is when you have um, choice, a choice of different books. It's like a book club. A book club situation, uh-huh where students can pick what book they want to study and read, and then they meet together with their small group to discuss, do some activities, um, and and read the book and talk about it. So I ha have learned about Lit Circles ever since I was in college, and I've been such a chicken. Um, <laughs> and like most things, it's been simmering. I've it's been simmering and simmering. You had to hear the idea and then let it simmer for four years. Yes, yeah. and then you tried it one year, oh, and yeah. I <laughs> and I listened to your experience and let that simmer and let that simmer. Um, but I have a co-teacher this year, and I have one class that's co-taught. And come the semester change, my other eleventh grade class might become co-taught. I'm not sure yet. Um, but it could be really an interesting time to try out some different co-teaching strategies, mm -hmm. especially if I just limit the book choices to two, which you and I yes, talked about. Yes, we discussed this, because yeah. originally you were thinking, well, have seven Six, different seven, choices. Seven different choices, And yes. seven different books going on. And the only reason I was nervous about that is accountability. Yes. That's what I ran into when I tried to do it, is it was just hard to get students to read the book mm -hmm. because we both teach on level classes yes and so we have more of the students who don't identify themselves as readers or get super excited right you can call them reluctant readers yeah and a lot of the a lot of these students especially by the time they're juniors uh -huh. um if you've ever read the book read aside it's awesome but they've kind of gone through a little bit of read aside where they've yeah. just are like they don't feel as excited when you're like time to read a book yes. you know they're they're a little over that and they're juniors so they're not as excited with you telling them to do anything that's true they're, <laughs> and they're not as excited about authority in general no no, no they're not <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it's really a cool thing to give them some choice. Right. Because that can make the reading more meaningful, maybe, or yeah. more... They feel like they have some control. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I was, at first when you said, I shouldn't do seven, I was, I was really, like, resistant. <laughs> but I think doing two makes more sense in terms of, especially since this is going to be really the first time I've tried it out to start small um, and give them a little choice and that way I can build materials. Yeah, well you can practice. How yeah. do you balance two different texts going on in your class? Right. And still have accountability mm -hmm. and rigor, all yeah. those things. And I'm thinking, sorry to, sorry to have a planning sesh right here <laughs> um, in the podcast, but I'm planning on doing a short story unit before a short 
a short, short story unit before the lit circles to experiment with lit circles. Oh, that is a good plan. On a, like, so a day basis. Figure out what works. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, it was just a one-day thing. It's right. Not, I don't have to yeah. commit to it, and I can kind of um, experiment. So uh, this is new. To me, I am truly putting myself on a limb, but I've simmered on this for four, four years. years. <laughs> so, so even though it's new, I've I've had much time contemplating contemplating yeah. this. Well, I'm really excited about the idea of bringing in more choice, yeah, more books, and you're doing this with young adult books. Yes, yes, high so, interest books. I think that was another mistake I made. Is I tried to do it my second year teaching, but just with classics that I felt bad that we weren't getting to. Yeah. And I learned that even if they have choice, students don't get excited about choose between these old books you've never heard of. Like, yeah. So I think that is that is wise too right. to do it with some more high interest text. Mm-hmm. So. So probably in future podcasts, I might be talking about we'll my return. developing plan. We'll return to this. We'll return to these resolutions. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to end today with our self care sound off. Yeah. We're going to talk about what are you doing to take care of your mind, body, and soul and to keep yourself together as yes. a teacher. Which is really important. Yes. <laughs> so, my, what is your self-care? So, so my about? self-care right now um, is I am really trying to just let myself enjoy it sounds cheesy to say it, the Christmas season. <laughs> I'm really trying to let myself enjoy it. I'm making Christmas candy. I'm going to um, gatherings with our small family units. We're not going in a large group with extended family. Um, but in small family with units. With your bubble. With my, with my bubble. Um, and I'm going to be delivering things to people. So I'm just trying to enjoy reaching out um, and filling up my social health. As much as you can in a pandemic. As much as I can in a pandemic, yeah. Yeah. Which is hard, yeah. Well, I think that's lovely. Yeah. I think that's good. Like, it's so easy for the holidays to be kind of stolen from me as a teacher. If you let... Because the end of the semester comes up right as we come back. Yes. So I can see how that could... That's something you have to really intentionally do. Mm Mm-hmm. Set boundaries for. Oh, so what is, sorry about that, Um, what is your resolution? My self-care sound off? Yes, your self-care sound off. Sorry about that. My self-care sound off, well, this is our first time doing this. Yeah. In front of our thousands of listeners. (laughs) Um, My self-care effort for this Christmas season is candles. Oh. So for this winter break... I have a candle burning right here next to us while we are while we are podcasting. Uh-huh. But I am actually gonna go to the store later in my, my mask and go in and out and get a candle. Get a couple new ones. Because I just if I have to be here alone for a lot of the season because I live alone, mm-hmm. I just want my house to be filled with smells of Christmas. So, that is my self-care goal. Well, I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, I'm excited about it. That'll be way cool. Well, thank you.
thank you, Emily, for simmering and for deciding that yeah. we can be podcasters now. I'm very excited. Well, thank you for, for the beginning of our empire. For doing it with me. It's, it's been way fun. Yes. I'm excited for the next one. Yes, me too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Making Teaching Work. Have a happy holiday. Happy holiday. We'll happy talk. winter break yes. to all of our, all of our many listeners. <laughs> okay. See ya. See ya.